Welcome to the Jungle Brothers Podcast. It's your host, Joey. Today I'm joined by Paulie. We go pretty coachy on this one. We're talking about Zercher squats. We're talking about back squats. And we also go off on some tangents about cows and being in prison in Bali. Uh, a lot of stuff in there for you guys. Hope you enjoy the episode. Let's go. Funny story from last night, mm-hmm. niece, she was out at the farm to receive some cows. She got some, got some cows delivered. Farm girl. Yeah, that's right. And uh, <laughs> the delivery came late. It was meant to come in the afternoon and we spoke at, I don't know, 10 p.m. She's like, it hasn't come yet. And so Leo was, like Leo stayed up late, but I think by, by, by 10 o'clock she had him in the baby carrier. Like he was just sleeping in there. The, f- the delivery arrived at midnight and so it's like a big semi you know like a semi trailer f- with cows in it fuck and um, five were getting off uh, we were receiving five cows and there's two pens that we created because she got she bought four cows from one place mm-hmm. and then one cow from another place so the four cows know each other right like they've come from a herd whereas that one cow has been separated loner. from its herd. Yeah, it's a loner. So you can't just put them all in the one pen when they arrive because... It's awkward. It's awkward. Like, it's it's kind <laughs> of irresponsible, you know? So th- the idea was we, we make two pens and that the one can be in its own pen, and but it's next to it's separated by a fence from the other four. So they're still getting to know each other, but they can't actually, you know, like, whatever. If for some reason there was beef... <laughs> I was like, is this a joke? Four was cows, it. one cow? <laughs> yeah. And it was a joke. Oh, boosh. That was it, never really happened. Yeah, no, nah, let's, <laughs> let's talk about coaching. No, but so, so yeah, so so I was, that makes sense, right? Like, so they get whatever, like say 24 hours where they're kind of in, like they're proximal so they can get to know each other and then you could release them all into the one paddock and hopefully they're, they're cool. Yep. But the smaller pen that the one was going into was we actually used sheep fencing which is like still pretty high it's kind of like up to your chest like when you're standing right it's you know big big sort of steel posted panels yep and the other pen was cow fencing which was like head height or a little bit higher gotcha octagon height anyways (laughs) she sent me a video the fucking um the one which was it was quite a young cow Mm. basically jumped the fence Jesus. Yeah, just boosted so out thought, of it. How much higher do you need it to be if it's about chest height? Yeah, and cows, I mean, so it's a young one, so it's smaller, but they're still big animals. Wow. And so you wouldn't, I just wouldn't think that they could jump like that. The fucking thing jumped out of it and basically took off into the night. Oh, out, okay, outside of your property. Well, it almost went outside of the property. They managed to like scare it back in, but then it jumped the fence again and just, and she's like, I don't fucking know where it is. But what's the worst case like what could happen if it was in with the other guys girls well oh i don't i don't think anything like i I don't i don't don't know if they fight or you know they try and kill each other i don't think it's that kind of party it's more just um i guess it's just like kind of like when you get a dog or something you keep them you often when they're new you keep them in a bit of a cage sure like a pen to get used to the you just you just make their environment small sure so there's less stimulus you give them food, you give them water in there and so they can just kind of settle. And then you go, hey, here's this wide-ranging area for you to be in now. Gotcha. Um, That's but She wasn't sure what it did. And then so when she woke up this morning, 
went and looked and it, it had it had met our other two cows and they had become friends oh I, it so met stevie and daisy so and they didn't lose it no it's okay. there it's oh, just wow. like fuck i hope it's here and it was hanging out with the with, out. with the two ogs so how heavy is your average cow because they're fucking huge like these are minute they're miniature cows right. our ones so they're like i don't know two three hundred kilos maybe 200 no maybe More 200 kilos more than that. More? I Surely. mean, big, big cows. Like when you're talking about like big Angus cows and stuff. Okay. There. Yeah. There. And I know fuck all about cows, but I do know that I've seen a much. bunch of them. How and when you like go up to a cow and its head's kind of hanging over the edge of the fence, I just think the head alone is just massive. I always think of that if I lay in my heaviest fucking right hook and I put my body into it and it was just like, boom, it just wouldn't. I'd hit it in the side of the head and it just would barely blink. Yeah. It's just a thick head and I like I just think they're so heavy. But to like power over a fence. Yeah. They've got power in they must have a degree of power, but fucking build of T bones, bro. It's not like they're doing fucking plyos and box jumps and stuff like that. No, that's <laughs> right, but they've got that, you know? If they have to. They got yeah, like they got yeah, they got that, I guess, when, you know, it would have been super adrenalized. Jesus. Say this like I fucking know about cows. My first experience <laughs> with cows for the listeners. So here on the internet, it tells me, I guess this is like some typical weights for a male adult bull. It's 1.1 ton. So 1,100 1, kilos for a female adult cow, 720 kilos. So they're big. They're like, as in, as in not like that at all. Anyway, big fucking animals. Fuck. Cool shit. That's the farm life, bro. Farm life. Well, home life for me. I just told you, I walked through the house on the weekend with cat poo on the heel of my shoe. <laughs> Not as interesting as your story. You walked it in from outside or it was in the house? I walked it in from outside <clears throat> and then I trotted through the kitchen, did a circle around the island bench, walked to the front door to like, <laughs> to fucking to the front door, came back and we were like, oh, what's that smell? And sure enough. Just smeared shit through the house Little bits And then oh. you know You just don't know You can't look close enough Thank god it was only on the floorboards All the way through And I just went crazy on it I would have used a dozen rags And a bunch of I mopped I dried I mopped again And did some kind of spot fire work In some particular areas But um you know Were you pissed off? I actually wasn't I was I was kind of on a mission it was a long weekend. It was sunny. I was quite cool. I was around the house. I wasn't trying to go anywhere. Yeah. Um, I was just like, fuck, I've got this. I've got this. Don't let it break you, boy. Oh, man, that shit's so frustrating. <laughs> you know what the most annoying thing is? It was almost like a, kick, like a punishment because the kitty litter box, which usually was inside, was outside the night before. And I said to Tash, why is that outside? She, says, she said, oh, I need to change the kitty litter on it. And I just haven't done it yet. And, you know, it smells a bit. So she just left it outside. And the cat's fine. Like the cat can hold on for a couple of nights and, you know, you let her outside. She's always going in and out of the window anyway. What do you mean hold on as in like... Like she won't shoot through the house or anything like that. She's pretty domesticated. And then I looked at that the night, that night, later on that night. And I also looked at it that morning and I was like, oh, I should change that. Yeah. And then I was cat's like, like, cat's like, yeah, you should, you bitch. should fucking change that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, the next morning, same thing. And I thought, oh, a bit lazy, and just didn't do it straight away. And anyways, it was a bit like later on, 
she's gone to the toilet out there and I've stepped in and it was just, I was linking it all together and I was like, fuck, I was telling me I was being a lazy bitch and I need to take action faster. I did this. You know? So kitty litter, um, cats will cats will go to the toilet there. They'll shit in the kitty litter. That's the idea of it? Yes. Why is that? I, I don't know, Do you have bro. to train them to go to that place? I have no idea. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, well, cats, I think they want to like shit in something that's like dirt. Because they, they want to cover it up. Oh, uh, do they? Yeah. So right. they're like, you know, they might shit it, they might piss in your pot plant. I remember having kittens when I was really young. Um, and they, the cats would come inside and like, you'd walk into the kitchen and the pot plant, there's just dirt everywhere all over the floor. And the cats <laughs> jumped up there and done a whiz and then got, you know how they cover it up and they're just like uh, yeah, throwing it all over the kitchen. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is. I have no idea. But this cat. It was Brendan's cat, Bilal from the gym. Yeah, your cat now. Right now my cat. Um, What's its name? Ghost. Ghost. Now Ghosty. Ghosty. Um, but she's good for it. She's in the kitten litter, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Fuck. You know? Man, talking about poo, mate, <laughs> I, just, um, <laughs> I just listened to a podcast. Uh, this, this true crime one that I've been getting into lately, it's called Red Handed. It's quite a big show. It's run by two, two British girls, I think. And they just... They just tell stories on like true crimes. Okay. They were telling the story of the Bali Nine. Mm. You know the yeah. drug smugglers. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Pretty, you know, pretty rough kind of deal, right? Like a like a group of young people that mm. seem to be influenced by you know a couple of people who had more of a plan. And anyway, they all got two of them got the death sentence. The rest of them just got twenty years or whatever in prison. But uh, in prison, but the prison is the Koboken. Kiribati prison in Bali, uh, not in Bali, sorry, in Indonesia, mm. and it's notorious. It's where Chappelle Corby was incarcerated. Mm-hmm. The place seems fucking wild, like wild. Notorious for what? Notorious. Um, tourists can go there. You can pay to go and visit, and you yep. can just walk through and like mingle with the prisoners and shit. Uh, it's got a huge heroin problem in there. Uh, you know, you can it's it's you can you can buy a better quality life for yourself. You can you know you can sort of get nice things and whatever if you're in there uh the food's so bad that most of the prisoners will cook their own food using kerosene stoves so i think everyone has like kerosene supply just weird just different compared to kind of what we know about prisons generally but they were telling the story about um the the hole which is like the solitary confinement Mm -hmm. and it's called what do they call it they call it the rat hole Mm -hmm. and the prison was built 40 years ago or something like that and there's one toilet in the rat hole, like in the in the solitary confinement space, and it's never been cleaned. Ever. And it's just got this buildup of shit from everyone that's ever spent time in the sol- in solitary. And rats live in the like, but it's like a I guess it's like a long drop kind of toilet thing. Rats live down there, and they crawl up and eat the different. That's nasty. The different layers of fecal matter that are living in that thing that's so gross isn't that fucking horrible so you're in a little tiny cell like maybe like a really small one in solitary confinement or maybe it's not so small it's just that you're on your own i think i can only imagine it would be small and there's a a, a used to be long drop but not so long drop anymore because the shit is basically coming up crusted up with rats that are feeding on it i don't really want to know don't fucking take drugs to bali bro that's the takeaway from today's episode you can get them when you get there (laughs) <laughs> would you would you would no. you take drugs? So I'm like, bro, you want half a pinger? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, bro. <"Bruh." laughs> <I'm like, laughs> no. Nah. 
Hold. Like it's it's Hold funny. That. It's funny when you think about like when you're in a place like that and you're like, whoa. If I like, whatever. If I just, whatever. If you had something on you that you forgot, your life is over. You could get changed. you could get shot for it. Yeah, it's wild to think about that that happens. Also in this place where and I didn't can really kind of put this together, but Bali is. Bali's like a party central hotspot within that part of Asia because Indonesia is is Muslim predominantly. Mm. Bali's their one little um, mm, mm, mm. Buddhist or Hindu majority. Hindu, I, I think Hindu mm. majority island. So that's why Bali's what it is. Gotcha. Whereas you know the rest of Indonesia is is very Muslim, and so they don't have as much in the way Never of nightlife of and like stuff that. like that. Yeah, me neither. Um, that's why you get you know, tourists from all over the world there, mostly from WA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good. Well, that's a nice story. Fucking hell. Yeah, that's a good segue into barbell yeah, strength. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I thought we'd just go into it a bit. I we've, I've recently been re-engaging with the barbell this year. Yes, I noticed. Oh, have you? Yeah. Well, don't remember a couple of months ago. So, how's your training going, man? I um, said, fucking look at me, cunt. No, I no. Actually, I thought no. It was the first reason why I said that. Was because I I said fuck, you were changing in the office or something, and I was like, fucking look at your booty and your legs right now. Oh yeah, I'm always getting changed just so people get to catch a glimpse. And I was like, oh, it was a little white under there, but I was like, whoa, some size there, but and <laughs> mass I, like a black man, but skin <laughs> like a white man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I remember you were like, oh man, fuck, I've just been barbell training for such for quite a long spell, like this last kind of twelve months. Would you say? Yeah, I think so. It's become like a real kind of cornerstone um, of your training. You're like, yeah, just been, just just go, goes on over the over the months. Yeah, I um, I mean, I guess like it, you know, for the people who, if you're listening and you're like a true barbell official, I'm looking at JT over here, who's you know, a disciple of the barbell. I've not been training it to that degree, but I've been lifting twice a week. Sure, you know, and playing around. It's it's been a pretty low volume approach. Mm. generally and mm. i've actually been there's periods there where i'm like let's see how low volume i can go and mm. still get a result from it mm. and then so I've, you know i've been testing sort of every few months um it's been really good it's been good i um i i guess it's because of my tra- i guess it's because i got a long training history that i can probably get away with lower volume and making some gains might mm. not necessarily be the case if i was earlier on in the thing and i also definitely recognize there's sort of an end point that I can reach with the amount of volume I'm doing. You know, like we had um, those TAFE kids that were in here yesterday and we yep. were talking before. There's one kid that was in here 20 years old or whatever. We'd say his name was Miles. Yep. So he did a 240 kilo deadlift. And I'm like, fuck, my max ever is like 185. Jesus. And I, I think my max right now, based on the amount that I'm doing, I don't think I could get beyond 200. Like I would have to go to more days of training per week more sets more accessory work maybe some more mass even yeah, yeah maybe but not even that because I'm, I'm i'm you look at it and it's like no nah, you'd actually a lot of people smaller than me can lift you know substantially sure. more mm. but i think it's just getting that extra volume in that's that probably takes you to that next level mm. anyway i'm not particularly interested in that but um yeah this latest phase we'll focusing on or the latest two phases we're working on zercha squat which was super fun. That was I haven't. It was my first exposure to it. Whenever when I went to that range of strength seminar, like where I properly kind of gave it some attention. 
So since then, I've been focusing on that, and it's been it's been an awesome lift. So tell me more about the, or maybe explain in case someone doesn't know what a Zercher squat is. Uh, and then also, yeah, tell me like, what's the wrap on it? You like the movement? Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a squat, a barbell squat performed where the bar sits in the crook of your elbows. So you can do it from a squat rack. You just kind of have it racked low and just get in there with your elbows and you're, you're pulling it in against your body and doing the squat. Mm. But we've been doing it from the floor, which I really like because it's just it's simplistic. There's no rack involved, and there's kind of layers to it. So you would you would do like a partial deadlift just to get the bar to the top of your knee, and then you would sit down into like a a shallow squat, so that you can oh, slab, so that you can get your elbows under the bar, secure yeah. it in the rack, and then come up out of it. And so you know if you're doing reps up and down, but if you're doing singles, you would just do that once right you would do that half deadlift rack it stand up and then the rep is complete mad um I, what i i think what i like about it is it's if you think about like the traditional squats like barbell squat back squat and front squat they do require a lot of mobility to do them to do them well mm. like back squatting even the shoulder position like hold like racking it comfortably is tough like i know for me and i'm i'm generally pretty mobile but like I've had a bit of an iffy shoulder for the last year and a bit and sort of flares up at times after jiu-jitsu or whatever. Um, that rack position is not has not been comfortable for me. Sure. Right? But then further, I know that like since my knee operation, back squatting generally just doesn't feel that great. I feel like my mechanics have changed a little bit around that. Yep. So, I mean, I can still do it, but I'm just like, I, I, I don't love it. It just doesn't feel that great. Front squats, similarly, that's also been quite awkward on the shoulder. Um, yep. But if you think about like anytime you've taught front squat to people, there's so much to get through in terms of mobility, like the wrist mobility and the thoracic positioning and stuff. Yep. What I like about the Zercher is it's pretty much like anyone can do it. Yep. yep. It's a bit uncomfortable to hold heavy weight in that position. Yep. It's, especially when you're newer to it. It's not really such a thing for me now. But the, the mechanics of it are very comfortable. It's, it's like a goblet squat. You know, you think about where the kettlebell is when you're doing a goblet squat or yes. a dumbbell. Yep. The zerch is kind of the same. It's just sitting a little bit lower. Yes. But it's giving you that counterweight, right? Because the weight is in front of you. Yep. And there's, so from a hip mobility perspective, it's easier because of the counterweight. And then the rack position itself is actually quite comfortable because you're just holding your elbows in front of you. Totally. You know, so I know of one particular strength coach that good friend of the show who's been talking a bit of shit about it because he's like why are people zirchers like name him her you know our boy clint hill oh good friend of the show great coach <laughs> <laughs> but no he was like people he's like he's seen all these people i think it got quite popularized probably about the same time that i got into it you yeah, know yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. but he's watching all these people on instagram who don't who don't really squat yeah, and, yeah, doing yeah. and he's like yeah. what are you fucking doing he's like just back squat for a few years and, and i'm like yeah I, I see that point. yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but my account it was, a, it was an opinion in response exactly to people like maybe substituting it for back squatting yeah where they haven't earned the right and exactly haven't earned the right because you just haven't done the basics yeah but my i think my what i was sort of we had a really cool chat about it and i was sort of debating like this idea that a back squat is like foundational, I'm like, I actually don't agree with that. Mm. It's foundational if you're in that realm. Mm. But again, as someone who's taught a room full of adults how to back squat, mm. 
most people can't do it very well. Like it's not like a goblet squat. That's foundational. You know, that's sure. fucking easy. Or a sandbag squat. Like yeah. any, pretty much anyone can do that. You just alter the weight, but there's no major hurdles to get over in order yeah. for them to do it with efficiency. Yeah, yeah. Whereas a back squat, I find there's heaps. And I guess that's why, like I can see where he's coming from. And like for all the reasons why you say it's hard to get into it is why it's so nutritious a movement because you do have to have, a, you know, besides the shoulder mobility, just to kind of get into one comfortably, you need, uh, well, you need a bit more ankle mobility than you do in anything that's front loaded because you're sitting more, well, you're leaning forward more in a back squat. Yep. Um, and you go into a deeper range of motion, especially where the glute and the hamstrings involved in a back squat, if you're going below parallel. Yep. So I guess it's foundational that, like, if I was to say, do one movement that gets most things inside of it, you know, all in one, you should thrive, to, strive to work towards being able to get a back squat. Whereas, like, if you're going, oh, uh, the Zercha in that position or goblet, that's, like, for beginners while they're still working on getting into a more advanced position. Yeah, it's true. So it's, it depends on how you want, where you want to apply it on any one person's journey. That's right. It's, so it's contextual, right? Yeah. All drills are, but I think like, and then with the back squat, you can lift more. That's like, true. You know, it's got a high ceiling. But if I look at like, I guess where I've probably moved away from it, like where I've started to feel like it's less foundational is when I look back, like all of those things are great, right? Like developing all those attributes, the mobility, that strength through the hips, the shoulder, you know, the shoulder, mm -hmm. all that stuff that's required to do it well. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, I can think back to people that I've trained where I've, we've worked on it for like 12 months, 18 yeah. months, and yeah. they're still only squatting half of their body weight because we're still getting through that like mobility layer. Yes, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. we could have just done Bulgarian split squats from day one and none of this shit would have been a problem. Yeah, sure. And that's where I'm like, yeah, there's, there's, you know, I think that it's, it's always a worthy journey if that's what yeah. everyone agrees on. Yeah. But yeah, I think sometimes that, I think we, and you see it particularly where well, you see it with all training modalities, but with that, like that adherence to the barbell where it's like, it's got to be the bar. It's got to be back squat, deadlift, whatever yeah, military yeah, press. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I disagree with that. You know, when I'm talking about like general physical preparedness for the masses. Totally. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I, if I'm doing GPP with anyone uh, that's new to the gym or, you know, that I'm PTing, like I'll always use the goblet squat. And, you know, goblet squat, zercher squat, kind of one and the same thing in terms of the setup, the loading. So, yeah, I'd totally use it at the beginning of someone's journey. You know, it might be a little bit too complicated for a complete newbie to throw it in the elbows, but for anyone else, yeah, it's definitely a sick movement. I've done it. I've done, you know, a few sessions with it and played around with it because we were coaching it in here, but I have not taken it through, um, you know, phases of training like you have yet, but I would love to. It's, it's comfortable. Well, I believe now you can't because you're an Olympic lifting guy. Oh, I am. I am. It's all about front squat, overhead squat, back squat, baby. Oh, my God. How's that going? You, <clears throat> what spurred you on to, to, to get that? into the Ollie stuff? Um, look, I've only just, I just started, um, literally, two sessions in. Um, but I've always loved it. Like, I love the feeling of it. Um, and I've always looked up to ollie lifters like it's such an amazing feat um it's definitely the expression of power 
and speed in ollie lifting different to like general hyphy say or um just strength training um i like the power element so really um i was trying to get into some more athletic stuff over the last 12 months and i did need to keep lifting weights in my program and i thought well why don't i just do some ollie lifting because to me you know i've just been dealing with you know transitioning into three kids and just trying to figure out life in general if i look at ollie lifting it stacks up a lot of things that i want to do all in one like the pursuit for a better ollie lift more efficient lifts and more weight i need to work on my mobility um where do you what's the like where's your biggest hurdle with the mobs with the mobs are overhead right yeah thoracic and shoulder about a shoulder issue since february did one jujitsu class and broke myself yeah yeah it's actually a very small little that's when you gotta just stick with jujitsu (laughs) (laughs) build a game around it yeah um it was just a little thing but it stopped me from going overhead for some time and that's coming better now um so yeah mainly the overhead thing and obviously the lower body could always get more mobile um and then yeah it's the overhead and it's the fucking front rack dog Just, shoulder again just just uh yeah it's not because of the um the shoulder issue although i can feel it in there when i'm trying to get my elbows high but it's just that i don't have a i don't have a very open shoulder there it's just tight there right in the triceps or whatever that is yeah just to get my elbows high and keep a grip yeah so that's that's going to hold me back as well um so yeah i'm keen to and, I, and i've been wanting to lift weights like there's something about the ollie lifts and the 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 training that's different to the body weight stuff that i've been doing for the last few years um i like that it's a little more focused on say two moves like you know snatch clean and jerk and obviously there's a variety of things you can do inside of that it's endless but in the body weight uh, just the way i say it, there's, there's so it's such a really big realm of stuff and i and i'm still doing some of that but i'm 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 kind of accessorizing around my ollie lifting and that's the idea. I'm still building my weeks out at the moment. So I got two days of lifting, which is not enough, but just let me get through the first phase. Yeah. And then I'll add another day and probably add another day or at least some more accessories in with the other other bodyweight sessions that I'm doing during the week. So those other two days that you will add will be I uh, you mean a couple of extra days of lifting ah yeah okay so you're building up the volume there yeah yeah like i just started um and i got a a program from joe taylor yep coach from here she's now up at ballina coaching yeah bought a place up at lennox with big jazza shouts to jared thatcher dog just for being my dog (laughs) uh but yeah so there's it's it's a meager two days at the moment yeah um and you know it's got a mixture of skill and strength but really needs four days you know what I mean? Just for because there's so much skill involved. Yeah. Um. And I I feel already that I want to be doing more. It's really a coordination thing, isn't it? Totally. Yeah. I'm like I just need more reps, and more strength underlying in certain areas to help those those reps. So. And so then with that, you, you are you doing then two days of like body weight strength work, which I'm guessing is mostly upper body. Yes. Outside of that. Yes. Um, assuming you've had to simplify the goal, like whatever you're chasing there. Yes. What are your kind of focuses on in the body weight sessions? Uh, foundations and volume, basically. So, I.e. 
mass. Basically. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, I like that. Keep it classy. Yep. Yeah. I'm. I'm enjoying it. And I. Some days it's three. Um, three sessions a week. It's actually that type of training that you can. Like I'm never going to failure. And I'm just doing three sets of everything. Um, in you know bent arm, straight arm, and a few things in between, like horizontal, vertical. So there might be. There might be freaking. 12 to 14 movements three sets each and i kind of superset them mm -hmm. two three four that's quite a lot five. of exercises yep yep and um but it's the type of work that doesn't need a lot of rest yeah and you're supersetting along the way and you're not going to failure um and very slowly built like adding a rep adding a rep adding a rep uh type of thing yep and fuck i love it it's so simple how long does it take I love it uh, 90 minutes. Nice. Yeah. Are there specific movement goals within that? or Not, not at this stage. Nice. Yeah. Like I've just kind of wiped it off the table. Had that holiday for a few weeks, um, you know, a month ago. And the shoulder injury was more acute before then. So a lot of that stuff was the focus had shifted anyway. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of freed myself from that and did what I, I knew I could do, which is I just – I do love – just getting out a foundational session, which is what I did through COVID, which was like my best and favorite time that I can remember. Wow. Which was, I was just training three days a week and just doing this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. Why'd you go away from that stuff after COVID? After COVID? Oh, well, yeah. I just jumped back on the, the more the higher movement goal. Yeah. Rather than, hey, just, just build the machine or the body. Um, and so what is it then about the, you know, like you said, like that felt really good back then and now you're back in that foundational thing that feels really good. Yeah. What is it about the, the chasing the movement goals thing that, that didn't feel so good in contrast? Um, I guess it didn't feel bad. It didn't feel bad. I just, you know, it didn't feel bad. I, I, I kind of like, well, I think that my, my body's changing. Um, as I'm getting older and my lifestyle has changed as well. So when you're chasing the movement goals, they can get quite specific. Um, and also the time that you spend to achieve those goals because the, the slider moves towards skill. And when it moves towards skill, it's moving a little bit more away from a focus on strength and mobility, you know. Mm -hmm. Um and for me, I guess, and I never really articulated until now, I'm thinking I, I don't want to – I'm more short of time and I want to walk around feeling a lot better. I want to feel good and able all the time. And I, so I don't want to be like – I'll use handstands as an example. I don't want to be wasting more time trying to get a trick you know, of, of a particular type where it needs, like I just want to actually spend the small time that I have keeping my body feeling good day to day. Whereas if you're doing ring routines all the time, like I pick up a little, like I'm a little bit tight around my traps. I might have a little bit of a knot behind my scap like all the time. If it's not one side, it's the other. If it's not above levator scap, it's fucking the rhomboid, somewhere like that. And I just don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. I just want to walk around doing big range of motion things, take care of overhead, horizontal, vertical, where I just feel 
a walk around feeling better. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's kind of it. I'm like, for now, I don't really want to do that. Or for all those niggles and stuff, I'm going to go do that in ollie lifting now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll build the imbalances with the barbell yeah, now. Yeah, So, you know, it, it, I'm kind of the skilled and, and, the, and the energy and the thought behind, um, you know, achieving a skilled thing is kind of going into the ollie lifting for now. So it's like, oh, let's just simplify the body weight stuff. And so let's where, see. like, so say taking that, and that makes sense. Taking that view that the the more skill driven stuff is it's tough. Like it can be tough on the body and, and I mean any any training can be, but it also doesn't kind of fit with what you're doing now, right? This is what I'm understanding. Yeah. When did it when did it fit more and when did it feel better to you or more appropriate to your you know, to what you wanted? Oh fuck. Or was it always a grind? No, no. Probably any time before the recent recent times. It's just a kind of a new train of thought that I've had like this last twelve months, really. Yeah. Um, I've always loved that as a target, and I would definitely recommend for anyone to put all their eggs on that kind of, you know, that that journey because I I think it's like a really cool one. It's and you know like it's no different to me going to ollie lifting. I'm still doing that, or I'm like chasing a skill. It's just it's new. It's novel. Yes, yeah. And um yeah, there's a grind in the in the 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 like in in the beginning everything's fun. Yes. But then when you really want to dive into that thing and develop some capacity, there's definitely a a grind that has to take place. And if I think about it, what changed was uh training time. Training time. Um because you're working on a skill, you need time for the skill. Uh-huh. You can't just work on the skill like you still need to be doing the strength and mobility work as well. Yeah. Like the skill isn't this all-encompassing thing. Yeah, it requires those things, but you have to also be building the others separately to that. So it requires more time. And when you've got less time, and I remember programming for myself, you know, last year and earlier this year, I was like you know let's get some ben arm strength with ring routines and it's like you try that and it's like nah it doesn't work you got to have a separate strength day as well right i i, I did for 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 that for for certain um certain skills yeah um or capacities yeah yeah, yeah. so i'm like okay i can't quite i can't i can't just jump in and start eating the cake right now can't just keep eating the cake like i've got to stay in the kitchen a little bit and then well i don't really have enough time to stay in the kitchen and eat the cake and if i just try to eat the cake i don't feel so hot so now i'm just like hey just just make sure the recipe's sweet and I'm, I'm ready to go all the time make sure those baking trays are lined greaseproof paper greaseproof buttered up i feel you yeah so yeah that's that's kind of it at the moment um yeah for to to sort of simplify what like a thing there for for listeners when a skill is when something's new to you in the training realm it's mm-hmm. kind of it's a skill at that point mm-hmm. because you don't really ha- know how to do it you haven't developed the coordination around it so anything a back squat is is skill at first totally a, a deadlift probably very bottom end of skill but it's still skill 
um, or something highly complex like a, like a kick up to a handstand, let's say. But then once you become really proficient in that thing, it's no longer really a skill. You could argue that it's, there's, there is always a skill component to being really good at it, but there is a point where now the deadlift is just about strength or hypertrophy. You just you know, got the coordination down, you just do it, yeah. and you're building strength or reps or whatever. But that skill component, like in that early stage, it takes a lot of mental bandwidth. Yes, because you're like having to think really hard about it. You're having to suck, like sets and reps suck. You fail repetitions. You miss the lift you fall out of the handstand, whatever it is. And it, so it takes a toll. And so that's something that you got to factor in, like you've said, where it's like, well, that becomes a whole new sort of facet of the training where it's like the skill development. I still got to do my strength and shit outside of that. Yes. But there is a point where if you stick with it long enough, yep. that handstand does just become a strength and mobility drill. Yep. And if you could theoretically just do handstand push-ups, like if you could just bang out like, five sets of eight handstand push-ups, then that would take care of your upper body pressing strength. Yeah. Yep, right? Like yep. if, if you were really that proficient at it. But to get to that point, you've got to grind through the skill place for ages. So sometimes it's like, let's just press a barbell instead. Yeah, yeah, that's Where right. Arguable, well, it's not even arguably. Definitively, there is much less skill involved in pressing a barbell than there is in performing a handstand push-up. It's true. And it's funny, you explain all that, it makes sense, because the stuff that I'm doing that's foundational, for other people who are new, it's completely a high-level skill. Do you know what I mean? Whoa. Like, we're doing skin the cats for, like, reps or shoulder stands for reps and stuff like that, which, yeah, it, it was a high-level skill at the start. Um, but now, I'm, you know, I'm doing chest walls and handstand holds, just straight ones, but I'm not fucking trying to do a press or anything like that, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's kind of where it's at. Is that? Yeah, it's yeah, kind of similar thing for me with, with sort of getting back to the barbell stuff lately. I just, last couple of years, I haven't really been interested in skill development in my yep. training. I just want to come in and train a few days a week and get strong, get flexible. Yeah. And so keeping it simple and, you know, focusing on lifting weights has really been that. And I've been doing like weighted chin ups and weighted dips and stuff. Yeah. Versus in the past, it was like, what new things am I working on? You yeah. know, what ring skills do I want to go after now? It's like, man, I'm not like, you know, with being a father now and having yeah. less time to train and all that, I'm like, fuck, I just want to keep it simple and get the gains. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's important, you know, for folks listening to kind of look at whatever. If what you're doing is working, then keep doing it. But if you're finding that you're not really getting what you want, I think for the majority of fitness goers, it's no skill. Majority mm. of fitness goers are just doing fucking fitness. Yes. It's exercise and there's no skill to it and it's F45 or it's some interval bullshit. Just burning calories. Exactly. You're just like pushing, 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 squatting, squatting, squatting. And you're never getting better at any kind. If you're not acquiring anything beyond, uh, you know, whatever, more sweat on the floor. So, you know, but for the, if we look at like the movement people that we really know, it's so skill heavy. Mm -hmm. And I can think of so many movement folks like myself at times who have just been like, I'm fucking sick of all this skill development. I just want to do some training. Mm -hmm. So there's, it's, a, it's a sliding scale, isn't it? Yeah, totally. I went to test my deadlift this morning. I tested Zercha earlier in the week. And then like today was with my groups. I was like, guys, we're testing, you know, this testing week. Um, we, no. had, we had, the, we had Monday, Monday was public holiday. So we came and trained on Tuesday and then, again on Wednesday so Wednesday I was like I'll just keep it light today because I 
done Mazurcha the day before. Today I was going to test deadlift. I got to like, I got to like my normal kind of working weight and it felt really heavy and I was like, pull the pin. Fuck. Not today, guys. Yeah, it didn't feel good at all. Yep. And you were doing conventional deadlift? Yeah, which hasn't been in the program. We've been working on split stance deads and hip thrusts and stuff. Okay. And also the Zercher, which I think has quite a carryover to the dead. So I was interested to see how has the dead changed based on what we've been – based on not actually doing it specifically, Yeah. yeah. you know, the conventional yeah, yeah, deadlift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the two – all three that tested, Sammy, Raylene and Dilch, all – or put extra weight on the bar. Sure. Like sure. substantially. Yeah. Which was which was sick, but yeah, I was like, I pulled the pin on it. Yeah. Yeah. There I mean, when when you compare yourself to them, you're much further down uh the training experience years than they are. And um, you know, they're always gonna be making gains, I suppose. And yeah, you haven't been doing the specific movement. Um you said leading into this test. Yeah. That's a huge factor. Yeah, it is. I mean, I don't think that was a thing. I think I am stronger oh, at it. Okay. But it was more just that I didn't feel good today. Ah, uh, happens. You know? And yeah, absolutely. Like I've <clears> kind <throat> of squeezed more of the juice from my potential there. Yep. So to get gains now, I got to kind of pay a bit more. How'd you, how'd you go with the Zercher though? Zercher was good. Zercher was good. I put up 150, awesome. which, you know, I'd never tested it before. So whatever I got was going to be great. But yeah, I'd been... I'd been working my the top at the top end of the working sets in the in the final weeks. I was squatting like three sets of three at at one thirty, and so I was like, ah, oh, I think one fifty would be cool. Maybe not. Maybe I land at one forty. Let's see. And then I just yeah, I had a crack. I think I went from. I don't know if I did one forty. If I just went straight, yeah, I must have must have done one forty and then one fifty. I was like, wow, that was good. And you you do the thing from the floor. Where yep. you rack it up yeah, and then you it. and then you do the one rep like after you stand. That's it. That's it. Then yeah, it comes to it. the knees. You rack yep. it. You come up and it's done. And you can just drop it from there. Yeah, I mean, I put it back down. Yeah, same yeah, way yeah, I can, yeah. But yeah. yeah, you can just, you know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I always wonder, like, is that included in a rep in the set? Yeah, that was wonder? that was something the guys were always like getting psyched out on. Like a lot yeah. of, like some of them would like Raylene. I noticed would always do an extra rep. I'm like, dude, you're doing like, it's sets of three. Why are you doing four reps? She's like, that first rep just doesn't feel like a rep. Well, it's funny because, and if you think of it task-based, like lifting something off the floor, it's like a deadlift. Is the movement lifting it up or is the movement like a squat where you're like, you've got something on you and you've squatted down and come up? Like, are we doing a Zercha deadlift or are we doing a Zercha squat? I know what you mean. Well, the the... the the difference there is that the the deadlift begins with a concentric contraction, yeah. a concentric phase, whereas a squat starts with an eccentric. So that's what that's why I'm saying. Yeah. So in that way, in that way, it's the concentric that is that is when we're testing, and you, you know, the, that's you the could argue part. that's the part that like that's it, that's right. Mm. That's the toughest bit. So you can drop it from the top. So yeah. So if you nail the concentric, science tells us. You have the eccentric. Sure, sure. You know, you're yeah. whatever, 10%, 20% stronger in an eccentric yeah. contraction. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, and because testing is sort of... Um, it's like dropping the barbell off a deadlift. Exactly. Or, or a snatch, right? Yeah. It's like you, 
Did you get it overhead? Great, dump it, you know? Imagine having to snatch it back down. Yeah, that'd be some bullshit. <laughs> I want you to catch it in the hook grip, return it to the floor. Oh, God. Um, and you could if you had to, but yeah, it's like, what what for? But yeah, I know what you mean. So even with that first rep of the Zercha, it's kind of like your hips are a bit higher than they would be when you come down for your next rep. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. But I think it's the same kind of thing, you know. It's only confusing because of how what you call it. Yeah. Zercha deadlift or Zercha squat. You know what I mean? Oh, is the Zercha deadlift the one? Or what do that's you call di- it? That's a different thing. Yeah, that's when you like rack it from the bottom. Yeah, so you, floor. you hinge down to the floor, dig your elbows and that's in. That's called a Zercha deadlift. Yeah, you're kind oh, of yeah. half Jefferson because like n- cool. naturally your spine is rounded yep. a bit. Yeah, that's a hectic lift. He's a big fan. What'd you get for your max Zercha deadlift? I've got JT over here. Uh, 140, 140, 150. bro. 140. Jesus. Ooh, 140, 150. I fucking get that. Question I've been wanting to ask you for the last few weeks. Would Joey return back to Ollie lifting one day? Because I think part of my psyche with the Ollie, like Ollie lifting is because when I first started training, you were doing Ollie lifting. And I was like, I always looked at it and going, fuck, that's amazing. Looked at you doing it, going, that's awesome. You got, you know, I did my first Ollie lifting with you guys, you and T, and then went on to practice some more with Yazzie Carter and, and stuff. But like, yeah, I, I thought, fuck, Joey's so good at this. You had great mobility. I've always looked at your squat and gone, fuck, I want that one day. Man, I went and saw a video of me. I should fucking show you this video of me. Like, learning to snatch for the first time. And you can see how tight I am <laughs> and how and, and uncoordinated, I, uh, or uncoordinated I am in it. It's just ridiculous. In the old <laughs> gym, it's so funny. Um, but, yeah, I, I, um, I always thought, Fuck, would Joey do some ollie lifting again? Where does it sit with the bulletproof thing? Oh, I never see them going overhead with the barbell doing an overhead press. And, and you know, I don't always see you guys training, but tend to go overhead with single arm a lot with the kettlebell. Yeah, I try to – it's really an efficiency thing for yes, that. Where yep. It's like let's – you know, we'll do one or two barbell lifts and then put the barbells away just because they're kind of space inefficient and – Yep. Um, and I, I try not to use racks. Where if, so if you're going overhead pressing and stuff, you usually want racks, right? Yeah. I personally would like to get back into it. I have thought about it a lot. Mm. Watching you do it, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that would be cool. Um, but I train, you know, at the moment I train at 7 in the morning and I don't yep. feel like doing that shit at 7 a.m. Yeah. I can come and do some zerges or some deadlifts. <laughs> yeah. But like doing speed drills and stuff and coordinate, I'm like, i got no fucking interest. Yeah. Potentially, like you know, time permitting, I'd be down to do like an Arvo thing. Hell yeah! I think that's all. That's all, that always worked really well for me. It was like you know, you kind of good energy in the afternoon, a mm. couple of hours after lunch. Yeah, if Warm I could, from the whole day. Yeah, if I could fit it in with the schedule, I'd potentially jump in and do some with you. Fuck, that'd be so good. I, it's definitely one of those styles of training that I think really. Like it's much more enjoyable when you're kind of going set for set with a mate. Totally. Is totally. it? Or like yeah. a few people. Yeah. Cause watch a little bit. Yeah. 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 I think so. Like a, I've been, well, it's only been a week or so now. Had uh, Ash jump in the other day. Um, she was doing her thing next to me. And I think she knows because she is an Ollie lifter. Like she knows mm. the benefits of being there when someone's there so so when i was there she was like yeah yeah let's do it and then steph as well because you have to psych yourself up 
somewhat like the yeah, heavier it gets there's aggressive yeah it's aggressive it's like fucking going skating a 12 sets set of stairs and and skating off the end of it like doing it alone or whatever it is that set that fucking freaks you out a bit like you need to be there with homies like running up to the edge of it and and bailing and then going for it like yeah, yeah you need that psych up from people it's just it happens in such a split moment and bailing a lift like getting under it you know or committing to catching it on your shoulders overhead like you need you need that g up that extra energy yeah it's true yeah i'd be down i like the idea of it for sure it'd be fun you know we haven't trained together for ages proper like yeah it's true and um you've got yeah you've still got the mobility for this uh, i mean i got it i can do it but it's not my squad is my mobs is not what it was i'd you know that, that, and that's fine <clears throat> right like yeah whatever i can i can work around that but yeah like my squat was so comfortable before you yep. know i look i look at molds and i'm like damn like i was just really super like smooth through it now because one side's tight the knee because yeah. the knee yeah, yeah it's just it just doesn't have the range that it used to yep um it's just changed the way the whole mechanics feel because when i come down to the bottom and try and hit that end range i'm naturally gonna rotate a little bit into the the, the side that's unaffected yeah and yep. so like and then so then i like oh, i don't rotate so i stop a bit early and it's just i have to think about it whereas before it was just it, i didn't have to think nah um but when's the last time you wore ollie lifting shoes that might help i never wore them you never ever wore them no, i never used them always went like barefoot or barefoot shoes but i think now i would yeah yeah i think it would help a lot with the the squat position yeah yeah and i i'd be prepared to make that admission for myself i think back then i was like fuck that shit like accessories yeah you know whereas yep. now i'm like i need the accessory yeah mad yeah. oh well let's make it happen one day all right well we'll fucking catch up on the numbers later in the year oh I'm trying to get ahead of you before you join me then. Right. You got to, oh, I don't know, who knows how long you got, but fucking start lifting, bro. <laughs> start running. Get that volume up. <laughs> Cheers, bro. All right. Peace. See you guys.